For those of you who have listened to this show since at least February, you know that I shared the story about my then 18-year-old stepson who was diagnosed with osteosarcoma bone cancer. Well, I've shared some tidbits here and there about everything that our family and Caleb have gone through. And I think I owe you guys an update on how everything is going now. Because so many of you have reached out and asked how he is. You've sent prayers. You've sent positive vibes. So I want to share how he's doing and everything that's happened. Um, I also want to share some incredible feedback that I got about my past episode. The last one I just did, episode 122, called An Uncommon Love Story. I got some really touching feedback. Plus... I want to share an interview that I'm going to be doing coming up, and it is a true story of resilience. So we have a lot to catch up on. Let's get into it. Welcome to Big Time Small Talk, stories and observations beyond small talk. I am your host, Jody Rollins, and today I want to sort of do a follow-up show about several things, things I've talked about in the last several months, and even about the last episode, uh, episode 122, An Uncommon Love Story. The feedback that I got from that particular episode was amazing and astounding. Thank you to every single person who listened and thank you to every single person who decided to take the time to write me to let me know what you thought of the episode and the interview and of Amy and her story. I have sent every letter, well, digital letter, DM, text, whatever, to Amy so she gets to hear what you guys think too. And she's been going going through and has gone through a lot. So I know that these letters really touch her heart. Um, if you haven't listened to that episode yet, since this is kind of a special sort of bonus Saturday night episode, and I'll explain why I didn't record this past week, because I try to record Tuesdays, Wednesdays, or at least Thursdays. And here it is Friday night. Actually, yeah, it's Friday night, not Saturday night. It's Friday night. So I'm hoping to get this show out tonight. I think I should be able to, but I'll explain why I didn't record a show Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, and we'll catch up on a bunch of things and things that people have been asking me about. But first, um, if you haven't listened to this past week's episode, again, it's uh, episode 122, An Uncommon Love Story, please stop this episode and go and listen to that one. I am really incredibly proud of that episode. Um, When I knew that I was going to be starting this brand new season, season six, I wanted to up my game. You know, I'm always growing and learning and um, understanding what works with this show, what doesn't work. I listen to your feedback when you guys reach out to me. And I knew that I wanted to start doing more interviews. And um if you listened to last week, you'll know why I reached out to Amy and the whole story. But I just, when you decide you're going to do something, and I'm sure this is true for all of us, you don't necessarily know how it's going to go. And 
I have done interviews in the past, many, many interviews for my old um, talk radio show, which was called Jody's Box of Reality. That was a live online talk radio show, which was really fun that it was live. And then I used to work in, in talk radio in Los Angeles on the actual radio. And so I've done all kinds of interviews and pre-interviews. And so it's not anything I'm new to, but it's definitely not easy because I'm a naturally curious person and I want to ask questions, but then I can't ask too many questions or the episode will be three hours long and no one will listen to that, maybe if I broke it up. But you want to ask the right questions. You need to drive the interview forward so that we can tell a complete story. Sometimes you have to interrupt because of technical issues. Sometimes you have to interrupt for clarity. And other times you want to make sure that you don't interrupt but you have to ask another question. So it's definitely a balancing act and it's difficult. Uh, props to the professionals. I mean, I consider myself a professional, but the highly paid professionals who have been doing it for decades, you know, the big names out there, but it is hard. So all of that being said, I just want to catch you guys up on a few things. But yes, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, go and listen to it now before you listen to this one. Otherwise, there might be some spoilers and it won't exactly make as much sense. So one of the first things, and I'll get into what I have to say about the interview here in just a minute and some of the feedback that I received and all of that. One of the things I'm asked about the most is an update about my stepson and his cancer, because I really haven't talked too much about it for a while now, maybe a few months. I'm not 100% sure. But just to kind of go um, start at the beginning, back in, oh gosh, I think it was February, he was officially diagnosed with osteosarcoma, which is a bone cancer. And he had a tumor in his knee. And he's very public about his journey and his experience. So I, you know, I don't share all the details, but I share what he would share publicly. So it's not like I'm um, talking about him in a way that he would find disrespectful. Um, so anyway, so he has osteosarcoma, which is a bone cancer, and he had this tumor in his knee. And he is, or at the, well, at the time he was 18, now he's 19. And when you hear the words, you know, your son, or in my case, your stepson has cancer, it is a complete shock. And I was talking about it with my husband the other day. I said, I don't remember how you told me. I remember there was a phone call, but I don't remember how he said what he said, my husband who told me. I don't remember my reaction, nothing. It's the strangest thing. The only, the earliest thing that I remember is when I called Caleb because he was at college on the East Coast and I just, I, I like had to talk to him and try to comfort him however best I could. We didn't know for sure that it was cancer at that point. We found out three weeks later, but we knew there was a good chance. And it's really interesting how, you know, trauma or incredibly difficult things that happen in our lives it's a known thing that it affects how we process and remember through tragedy. And I was just like, wow, even if I like jog my brain and try to think really hard, I'm pretty sure my husband told me on the phone because he was at work 
But if somehow, you know, he came and was like, oh, no, that's not how it happened. I don't know for sure that I could say. I mean, it was just so devastating to hear that. So he did end up coming home from the East Coast to, you know, be seen by our home doctors and to find out what exactly it was and to see how it had progressed and, you know, what stage it was in, what the prognosis was and all of the details. And what we found out was that, yes, indeed, it was osteosarcoma and that that particular cancer has a propensity to spread into the lungs. Like it kind of goes for a tour throughout the body and then says, ooh, I want to hang out here in the lung tissue. And so stage one of osteosarcoma, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to get this right, but don't hate me if I don't, um, you would just have a tumor in your leg. or wherever, in this case, in my my stepson's knee joint and at the bottom of his femur. And stage two would be, I think, if it had spread to the lymph nodes, and I'm not exactly sure if this was part of it. Stage three, was it metastasizes, I think? And then stage four is how much? It's something along those lines. And I know I'm screwing this up. But basically, we had gotten him tested, hoping it hadn't transferred to his lungs, and it turned out it had transferred to both of his lungs, and he had what was called a skip tumor, which is the main tumor, and then there's like a space of healthy healthy um, uh, bone tissue, and then an additional piece of a tumor. So it was just like every time we heard back from the doctors, it was first we were hoping it wasn't cancer, and it was bad news. Then we were hoping, okay, it hadn't spread to his lungs. Okay, yes, it had spread and to both of his lungs. Bad news. And then we were hoping that he didn't have anything else. And they're like, oh, by the way, he has a skip tumor. More bad news. So it just felt like the hits just kept coming. And then they said, well, he might have to lose his leg. And then you have to have this whole discussion about amputation. The doctors seemed to be pretty sure that he wouldn't have to lose his leg, but we didn't know and they wouldn't know until the day he would get his surgery, which they do what's called a resection. And in his case, they take out um, his knee joint and part of his femur and replace it with titanium rods and a whole brand new mechanical joint. And then they, they take all the you know sick tissue around lymph nodes, muscle, whatever. And so first he has to go through months and months and months of chemo, which was horrible in the beginning. And thank God they adjusted his medication so that he could tolerate it and not be really, really sick and just nauseous all the time. And then, um, I mean, he just, he really, he took it all like a champ. Like it just, I'm still astounded. He made cancer look easy. It was not easy. But he just, his attitude was so incredibly positive. And I would say a lot of that is just him, who he is as a person, and also maybe his mom. Just how, you know, it obviously dads matter. I'm married to his dad. But a mother-son relationship is very different, and they're pretty close. And I think she really did an excellent job of kind of steering him in the right direction. And she, I think he would say to me, you know, she just like, like, look, 
it's cancer in or cancer out. Those are my choices. And I want this stuff out. And I'll do whatever it takes to get it out. So he did his chemo. Then he went in for his surgery. We didn't know if he would come out with a leg or not. He did, which we're all thankful for that. And of course, he was thankful. And I just, again, took everything like a champ. Then after that, more chemo. And um, then he had to have his first, what they call thoracotomy, which is where they cut you open. It's a huge scar. It's like, I don't know, somewhere between eight and 10 inches long on the side of your rib cage and from like your back sort of towards the front of your rib cage, um, just below maybe your armpit, maybe three inches below your armpit, I would say, and then on your back all the way to your front. And again, it's called a thoracotomy. Ooh, sorry, just moved the mic here. Um, so they cut you open, split your ribs, you know, cut through the tissue. Obviously, they put you on a ventilator so you can breathe. They deflate the lungs. They pull the lungs outside of the body, the lung outside of the body. They massage it for what they already had scanned, which are nodules of bone matter, which are the cancerous tumor. I mean, lungs are soft and kind of viscous, you know, and they inflate. They they are not made to have bone matter. So he has these basic little pieces of bone in his lungs, which are the cancerous nodules. So they go in there thinking, oh, there's so many of them, but you don't know for sure until you feel them. So the doctors massage them. Oh, here's one, here's one, here's one, whatever. And they cut them out. Then they put your lung back in your body and um, sew you back up and, def- and re-inflate your lung and take you off a ventilator, which is, I mean, modern medicine my God, the things that they can do. So he um, recovered really, really well. Like everything we read, it's one of the most painful surgeries to recover from. And all of us were just like, oh my gosh, this is going to be horrible. And again, he just, it was bad, but he just recovered faster than his doctors expected him to. And that was the same for his knee surgery. And so it just felt like we sort of turned a corner after all those like dose after dose after dose of bad news. And then once he got his chemo adjusted or his medications adjusted that he takes alongside of the chemo to deal with the the side effects of the chemo, it just felt like we started to hear more positive news, you know? So then he did more chemo and then he had his second thoracotomy just a few weeks back, probably about a month or so ago now, probably just around a month. And that one was harder to recover from. And he said definitely more painful than the first one. And still, he took it like a champ and has recovered. And if you saw him, you would have no idea that he has this giant scar on his leg and had a a good portion of the most powerful bone in the body that one of the biggest strongest bones in the body the femur i think it is the strongest bone in the body you would have no idea that he had two lung surgeries and that he's had chemo since february i mean the only way you'll know is he's bald with a little peach fuzz and his eyebrows are very very thin i think he still has eyelashes but and he does have a slight limp but if you didn't know to look for it you wouldn't know um It's just astounding. Modern medicine. And he was seen at one of the best hospitals in the country and one of the best top five, I think, hospitals for children's cancer because he's under the list of children's cancer. One of the best 
hospitals in the state of California. I think it was in the top three or five. So that always helps, right? It makes you feel better. And so here we are. You know, we are about to be done with this. And I say we, obviously, I didn't have to go through what he has had to go through, but it's your whole family that goes on this ride, you know, supporting him, bringing him lunch when he couldn't really walk without crutches and or he had difficulty and he couldn't drive and he had all these things and, you know, supporting him and, you know, seeing him cry. It's just, oh, it was so heartbreaking and, you know, family members crying and everybody, it's just, you don't know. And especially when you hear stage four, like we just, doctors kind of told us, don't think about the staging thing because that's sort of what everybody else thinks. Oh, stage four means X. It just gets in your way. They tell you to stay off the internet. Don't look at all that crap, which I couldn't help myself. And I did. And I really should have stayed off the internet because the statistics were terrible. And it's also a cancer that has a high propensity to come back within on average two to two and a half years. But we're not thinking about that. So he has his last chemo coming up this week, and then he's done. He's completely done. He just has to have his final scans, and then he gets to ring the cancer-free bell. And it's the strangest thing because in some ways, it feels like it was forever ago when we first got the news, and in other ways, it feels like it just happened. Like the treatment, just it flew by mostly because of his attitude. And I, I, you know, I have to say, I learned a lot just from watching him because I know that if I had gotten that cancer diagnosis, and to be honest, I kind of expect that someday in my life, I will get a cancer diagnosis because when you get older, I mean, so many people die of cancer or what is it, heart disease or stroke or something like that? Like, I don't know. But I'm just saying, if I had gotten the diagnosis that he got, I would not have been able to take it like he did. I mean, I would have probably been on the fetal position on the floor every other day and seriously depressed and scared to death. And he just took it one step at a time, one moment at a time made jokes about it. You know, you'd be like, Hey, you know, can you pass? We'd be having dinner. Can you pass the Mac and cheese? And maybe somebody like passed it the other way down the table so that one of my other stepkids could have some first. He's like, I'm the one with cancer, you know, and he would make jokes like that or, Oh, come on guys, I have cancer, you know, and it just makes it easier for you. And it just makes you just love this kid that much more for all that he's going through. So I know I learned a lot from him and I'm inspired by him that he has been able to do this, not fearlessly, because there's always going to be fear with anything like this, right? But he did it with such grace. That's the best way I could describe it, with grace and humility. And, you know, I think that when you're around sick people that are chronically sick and have something that may or may not take their life, there's a part of you that doesn't always know what to say or you're worried you'll say the wrong thing and you want to like lift them up but not be too much but you don't want to be too little so there's a balancing act especially as a stepmom you know it's like I'm extra they call us bonus but in this case I'm very much extra I have my own relationship with him but I'm not his real mom you know I'm not his real dad and so you just don't want to say the wrong thing 
but he even made it easier for all of us because he was very open. He would answer any question. He would tell you how he felt, you know, whatever it was. So it really became a thing that our entire family, we just all like pulled together and did what we could. And it was easier because of him. So, you know, after, I guess he sh he believes he should be um, cancer-free by the beginning of November, officially, right? And then we just get on with our lives. His hair starts to grow back and won't fall out anymore. And we'll see what it grows back to, because I know a lot of people who have cancer, their hair changes. It's thinner or thicker or curlier or straighter or lighter or darker or whatever. He had this long kind of sandy, golden, blondish, brownish hair, and it had waves in it. So we'll see. But he gets to just start his life now. He has a girlfriend. He's very happy. He's back in school because he had to drop out of school, but he's back at a local school and just has a job and is very focused and positive. So I know people reach out and they're like, how's your stepson doing? I don't want to, you know, cross any lines or ask anything I shouldn't ask. But for those of you who asked, I just wanted to share that with you. And we're all really optimistic, you know, and I don't, I don't spend too much time worrying about what might happen, you know, three weeks, three months or three years from now. You literally just have to stay in the moment with this. And when I see the joy on his face and the happiness and the excitement about starting this next chapter of his life, that's all I pay attention to because it's a, a beautiful thing to see. So that's the update on my stepson. Um, thank you to everybody who prayed, who sent positive vibes, who sent, I mean, emails, DMs, texts, comments on social media, everything and beyond. Thank you, thank you, thank you. He would always tell us, and he's far more religious and has a, a, a strong faith and relationship with God, something that I dare say I don't really have. I consider myself spiritual, and I just don't have what he has. But he would always tell us he would feel people's prayers. And, I mean, what more can you ask for? So thank you for anyone who prayed for him. And uh, feel free to keep up the prayers. By the way, a, a piece of positive and exciting thing that happened, um, positive news, a piece of positive news, is most people have heard of the Make-A-Wish Foundation. You know, they grant wishes to chronic, or I think, what do they call it? Chronically ill or and chronically ill and terminally ill kids. And um, like going to Disneyland or trips or all kinds of stuff. But you have to be under 18. The minute you're 18 and one day, you're not eligible, which is fine. I mean, every organization has to do whatever they're going to do. But we had kind of thought we could reach out to them and he was considered too old. And then an organization by the name of Baller Dream Foundation somehow got connected up with somebody who somehow learned about Caleb's story. That's my stepson. Um, and they wanted to grant him his wish. And so they grant wishes for terminally and chronically ill people from the ages of 18 to 29, because you're still young 
when you're 18 and you're 20 and you're 24. I mean, that's just not an age that you expect to get diagnosed with cancer. Not that anybody expects it, but I mean, you really don't expect it under the age of 30 and even a little bit older than that. So the Baller Dream Foundation. And I thought it was really cool because this foundation is named because a young man who was 29 years old at the time, who's the owner of the foundation, and he started it. It's a 501c3, which is a nonprofit. He got diagnosed with testicular cancer when he was 29. And I think I said he was 29. And it was, he said he was very scared. And, you know, there's a lot of shame around testicular, can't say it, testicular cancer. And he just felt out of sorts. He was still young, but old, and he didn't want anybody else to feel that way. And so he started this foundation. And he didn't want to be referred to as a patient. He's like, patient is just such a, you know, sick person title. He was like, somehow he came up with the ideas like ballers, like everybody wants to be called a baller, like somebody cool, has swag, you know, they're living the good life. And so that's why he named it Baller dream foundation, you know, granting dreams and making people feel like ballers. So they took, they sort of took Caleb under their wing and just made him feel really special. Um, They went out for a trip uh, to Arizona, to Scottsdale. He put them up in a hotel. My steps, my stepdaughter, his sister and, and his girlfriend went and took him out to dinner and took him shopping, got these really expensive shoes that I've never heard of and a really nice shirt and everything just made him feel special, which he so deserves. I mean, he's a special, special kid and everybody thinks their kid's special, but really he's not he, I didn't give birth to him. I didn't make him. I only partially contributed to raising him. So I feel like I can brag and kind of step back fairly and say, no, 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 no. Like he is one of a kind. He opens doors for every female. doesn't matter if he knows them or not. He's incredibly hardworking, always positive. I mean, sure, he's got his flaws like anybody else. And, you know, stepmoms will have a different relationship. But he's just a special kid. So on top of making him feel like a baller for a day, they also do a roast. And they roasted him just yesterday. It's this whole dinner, which was so nice. And, you know, everybody came that's part of this organization. And I think four of his nurses came because you get to see the same nurses over and over and over again. So you get to kind of know them. Been going since February, right? And um, there was a pastor and just all these people who have supported Caleb and then my whole family. And they they ask you, okay, so what would your sort of dream wish be? And actually, they um, ask you three things, like three wishes. And so Caleb named the three things. And one of them was money towards his first car. And they got that for him. They gave him $4,000 towards his very first car, which is just, I mean, you know, he couldn't go to school. He couldn't work. He only recently got a job in the last few months when he actually started to feel better and knew he was sort of on the the end cycle of all of this. So, you know, he's like behind in some ways, but not really, because I don't believe in that. Everybody has their own sort of pace in life. And there is no, what is it? It's not a sprint. It's a marathon, which I kind of hate that saying, but it's really true. But for them to gift him that is just 
beyond beyond it was such a touching evening and like i said they roasted him so they kind of poked fun at him which is really fun and everybody laughed but he the joke was with him not on him you know a little bit on him but in in the best of ways and the gentleman who runs the organization just i mean really it just made caleb feel like a baller so you know, if he ends up listening to this episode, I'm definitely going to hopefully send, I say definitely, hopefully, I'm definitely going to send him this episode and hopefully he'll get to listen to it. Thank you, everyone at the Baller Dream Foundation from the bottom of my heart for all that you've done for Caleb, which in turn, of course, for my family, um, just in making him feel special and like a baller. If anybody out there out there wants to donate to the Baller Dream Foundation, you can go to ballerdream.org or on their Facebook page, they have Baller Dream Foundation. Follow them there, see what kind of good work that they do. If you want to volunteer, I'm sure they might need volunteers. You know, um, the gentleman is out of Scottsdale, Arizona, but he had connections here in California. They have a new foundation out here and it's in, I think, many states across the country and growing. So again, Baller Dream Foundation, if you're interested in supporting them. So I'm going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to share kind of an update on the interview that I did last week. And um, uh, also about a little bit about an interview I have coming up next week. So stay with me. I'll be right back. Okay, if you're like me, you're already thinking about Christmas shopping. Yes, I know. I am that person. I like to plan ahead. But it's already October, right? And I do have friends and family members who have fall and wintertime birthdays. Plus, I like to shop for myself, too. And one of my favorite places to shop is Cozy Earth. I mean, I'm not much of a in-person shopper anymore, but I shop online at Cozy Earth because it's just bing, bam, boom, pick what you want, check out, you're done. And it's just easy. And I love Cozy Earth and I've been working with them for several months. And in fact, I got from them a loungewear set. It's navy blue, it's a crew neck, it's got the matching pant, and um, I actually did a uh, review of the outfit and the company. It's on my YouTube, I did it last summer. And if you wanna check out the review, it's at Jody Rollins on YouTube and you can see the whole thing. But I promised you guys in that review that I would let you know about this outfit. Did it fade? Did it pill? Was it disfigured and stretched out after a while? Did it look kind of worn? No, I have washed it multiple times, dried it multiple times. I, my baby has hung on it. I have a dog with pet hair. I've traveled with it. I've crumpled it up. You name it. I'm not even exaggerating because I would only talk about a company that I believe in and the products that I believe in. It no joke looks exactly like the day I got it. So if you guys want to do a little online shopping at Cozy Earth, I have got a discount code for you. Just go and click on the link in my show notes, a special link, and then use the discount code that's there for you. It's CE-BIGTIME. That's CE as in Cozy Earth-BIGTIME. But you got to use the link. I almost said code. You got to use the link in my show notes in order to get 
off, not just 40% off of this or that in a small section, 40% off of every single thing you purchase at Cozy Earth. So I highly recommend it. I mean, everything is cozy. They don't just have loungewear. They also have pajamas, bath, bedding, really cozy and luxurious sheets, all kinds of gifts and stuff for yourself. So click the link in my show notes, use CE-BigTime, and you will get 40% off of everything on Cozy Earth. I mean, Cozy Earth has been on Oprah's favorite things list for four years running. So it can't be that bad, can it? I mean, it is, it's really cool. So if you're thinking about getting some of your Christmas shopping done, I highly recommend you check out Cozy Earth. And don't forget to click on the link. Hey, it's Jody again. Want to get in touch with the show? You can simply leave me a voicemail. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes that says leave a voicemail and start talking. You can also write me at bigtimesmalltalkpodcast at gmail.com or get in touch with me through my socials at Jody's Box on Twitter or at Jody Rollins on Instagram. Don't forget to drop me a follow at both places and be sure to check out my Insta stories for all the latest details and information about episodes as well as episode sneak peeks. So one last question for you. Have you written that written review for the show yet? Have you clicked those five stars? Have you clicked subscribe or follow? And have you shared the show with your friends, your family, on your social media? Okay, that's more than one question. But help a sister out. Share the show, subscribe, follow. Please click those five stars and leave a written review. It really helps a sister out. Thank you. Welcome back. Uh, one thing I do want to mention, I said at the beginning of the show that I would explain why I didn't have an episode this week. Well, that's why, because we went out of town for the Baller Dream Foundation event and I didn't have the opportunity to record like I usually do. So I apologize for the delay, but I think it was a, a good reason to miss a show, which was just to support Caleb. Okay. Now, <clears throat> like I said, for the episode last week, An Uncommon Love Story, I got so much feedback and I want to read a little bit um, of it to you guys here in just a minute. The thing that I found, and oh, another side note, I want to say I'm working on the sound. This is, the show is always a working progress. I actually have a new speaker that just arrived and I'm working on getting more even levels and I have a new computer, all sorts of stuff I'm working on. But I noticed that when I listen in my earbuds, when I'm on my headphones, when I'm recording the interview, it sounds very close in volume. But then when I listen back on the recording of the show, it's like, hi, you know, this is the guest and I'm over here. And then I'm like, uh-huh. And then what happened? And I'm like, oh, that sounds terrible. Thankfully, you could clearly understand everything and it wasn't really, really bad. But I, you know, this is a job for me and it's a professional focus and a passion. And I really want to make sure that it sounds the best it possibly can. But I do want you guys to know that I'm aware of the level differences and I am working on it. 
So that being said, that interview was really touching for me. And one of the things that I want to do, because I really want to tell stories. That's if any of you guys have been listening for a long time, you know, with my opening line, stories and observations beyond small talk. I tell stories about my life or other people's lives or experiences or whatever that I've experienced. <laughs> and um, now I'm going to be doing more interviews. I did a few early on, but I definitely want to do more. And part of the reason why I stopped doing interviews is because I don't want to just talk about fluff and the easiest people that it is to get when you're at this level are people who are promoting things like, I mean, the people that I sort of know, or at least the industry I have a sort of in with is reality TV. And while I still watch all of that, and there are stories to be told from those people, I don't want to just talk about Big Brother and reality TV. I want to share stories that are meaningful or touching or can teach us something or are riveting or all of the above. And that's why I knew I had to have Amy's story and have her tell her story, have her on and have her tell the story. But what I didn't want it to come across as is a bummer. Like, oh my gosh, Jody, why are you doing this interview about someone who passed away? And when I finished the interview, I thought, what am I going to name this episode? And I always do the episode first and name it later. And every now and then I'll think of a concept and a title and then work an episode around that, but I knew this was going to be harder. And I thought and thought and thought and thought like days went by. And finally I came up with an uncommon love story because it really was an uncommon love story. It would be very easy to just call it like losing a spouse to MS or dealing with grief. All of that stuff is true, but it's kind of like with my stepson's cancer if we sit here and focus on the prognosis and all the treatment and all the fears and all the worries, that's what you'll get hung up on. If you focus on we're chipping things away and the positive and oh my gosh, we're getting rid of this cancer, we're digging it out of his body, like literally, and he's going to have a, a fresh new life and a brand new chapter, and we're going to move forward. That's the same way I look at interviews, that I, I didn't want it to just be seen as this very sad thing. While yes, it is sad, there's something beautiful in this story. Their love story to me was beautiful and uncommon. And so that's why I named it that. And I got a lot of feedback about that and just how meaningful the love story was to everyone who listened. In fact, so I want to go here and look at some of the responses that I got. And again, I sent these to Amy and uh, I'm so glad that she got to hear them. But let me just read a couple to you. So this one is from Kay, I think it's Kay Deneen, and she's on Twitter. And it says, I really enjoyed this show, Jody. You are so kind and welcoming. Her love story was amazing and so touching. She found out about his MS on the first date. Uh, wait, found out about his MS on the first date because he couldn't see and he still decided to date him. I was in tears. Beautiful story. I mean, he could see, but obviously his vision was severely and limited in some capacity. Um, and it's true. And when she wrote me this, and again, thank you, Kay Deneen. I think you said you're going to keep listening. If you are listening, thank you, because A, 
you listened to the episode and to my show, and B, that you reached out and told me what you thought, how you felt, and how it touched you. Because so many people don't. I ask every episode, and you guys hear the promos, for people to leave written reviews or click five stars, and people don't. Some do, but most don't. And I know like I've said in past episodes, I'm guilty of that too. I listen to people, oh yeah, click the five stars. I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then they don't do it. So now every episode, I'm sorry, every podcast I listen to, I leave a review and I click those five stars because I'm like, wait, I ask everyone to do that. So my husband's texting me. Um, I ask um, people to do that. So why, if I don't do it, would I expect anyone else to? So it just means it's like extra bonus love in my heart when people reach out to my show and let me know that I'm doing a good job and sending, you know, positive thoughts about the person that I interviewed because people want to tear you down when you are in the public sphere. Even if I'm not Joe Rogan or uh, Brene Brown or Mel Roberts, Rod Roberts, Mel Roberts, like all these huge like public figures that all have podcasts they still want to tear you down, even if you're on a smaller scale like I am, smaller and growing, by the way. But, you know, people like will crap talk your show or text you or not text you, but tweet you or write comments or whatever. And I don't get a lot of those, but I still definitely get them. So when people say nice things, it's just it makes this podcast format all that much better. And to be able to send that to Amy just was beyond. So, and then the next one was from my friend Veronica, and she actually said, what a great podcast. Thank you, Veronica. It had me in tears several times, but such a testament to unconditional love. And that, you know, I'm so glad that both of those comments, and I won't read all the ones because some of them seemed a little bit more personal and I just kind of sent them to Amy, but it, it really spoke to me that what I was trying to convey or communicate actually came across. That it's not just about the loss and the grief and the pain that she suffered, that it's about the love story. And maybe like she even said, it wasn't this perfect kind of cookie cutter, A plus B equals C love story. They had something really special and unique and all their own. And so I'm glad that I think I did my job and I'm glad that I found somebody to share such a beautiful story. And I'm going to try to keep doing that. And some of them are going to be heavy, you know, stories and observations beyond small talk. I don't just want to talk about the light and fluffy stuff. I mean, that's very easy to do. And sometimes we'll do that on the show and we'll have fun and that's great. And we laugh, but sometimes there's some real, crap that people go through and incredible lessons of resilience, which brings me to what I'm going to be talking about. Um, I don't know if I'll have this episode ready for you by next week, but at least a couple weeks from now, I'm going to be interviewing someone and I don't want to tell you the topic. I kind of want to just let you guys hear it when it comes out and you can get, you can decide if you want to listen because it is a very serious 
and heavy topic. And it's shocking and painful and heartbreaking to listen to this young woman's story. Um, well, I guess she's in her 40s. So to me, I guess I'd like to call her young. To me, old is what, 100? Um, but I think her story needs to be told. And I even asked her because it is a sensitive topic if she wanted to be on my show anonymously, because some people might with something like what she's going to talk about. And she doesn't. She just wants to be open. She wants to share. And she hopes that her story will touch other people's lives and maybe affect other people's lives in a really positive way. Because her story, if it isn't about resilience, then I don't know a story that is. And she is remarkable for what she has been through. So I'm not intentionally trying to tease it. Yes, in a sense, I do want you to kind of, you know, come back and listen for that particular episode. But I think that when you start to talk about something like the subject matter that this particular interview is about, things can be misconstrued. And I don't want it to come from my mouth. I want it to come from her mouth and let her share her story. Um, and I don't want to mess it up. So that will be coming up again, if not next week. And today, by the way, is October 21st. If not next week, then probably the week after or so. No more than three weeks. But I'll let you guys know next week if it's not going to be next week. Does that make sense? Next episode, if it won't be. Yeah, you get the idea. So a lot of great things coming up on this show. And I, like I said, I'm working harder and harder and harder to just make sure that this show is the best that it can possibly be. Um, I think that pretty much updates you guys about everything that's been going on with my stepson and his cancer. I cannot believe he gets to ring that cancer free bell. We're having a whole family kind of gathering thing and just going to watch him ring the dang bell. And so I'm just so, so just, I don't even know the words for, you know, happy, grateful, all of those words just don't like, I, I just don't have the right words for how I feel about the fact that he gets to ring that bell. Because no one at age 19 or at any age, really, but especially young people, no one should have to go through what he has had to go through. I always think about that. Like, when I was 18, 19, you feel infallible, like you could take on the world, nothing's going to happen to you. And that being taken away from a young person, it's just devastating. So I'm glad we made it to this point. And again, thank you to everybody who reached out, everybody who prayed, 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 whatever, and everybody who just sent positive vibes if you're not the most religious person. And thank you for those of you who tuned in to last week's episode and interview and appreciated it. Um, stick around for the next interview because, or come back for the next interview because it's just, yeah, it's just a remarkable story of resilience. And isn't that a lot of what life is about? I mean, it definitely is for my stepson. And I think it is for me too. Many of us are fighting battles that some people will never know, but we just keep going because that's all you can do. That's what I think anyway. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs>